0: Welcome to the original vegan business talk with myself Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. And today our guest is Kaylee Gilcrest, and she is the founder and CEO of Nona Vegan. Welcome.
1: Hello, thanks so much for having me. Yes,
0: nice I'm to very. Meet you all yes me. <laughs> that's right <laughs> awesome with the beautiful background probably the number one of the number one takes the number one spot i think of the best backgrounds that's been oh on yeah thank
1: you it. so yeah. much that's lovely
0: i love it and the and the and the company name perfect branding too by the way company name is just perfect so you can see it
1: yeah exactly oh, oh wait look this way <laughs>
0: so awesome well tell us a little bit about you like how did you get to do what you're doing today and and why
1: um how did I become the sauce boss if you will um
0: (laughs) because it's not Um, I I would think it's not a it's not an area where you just wake up and you go hey I'm gonna be the sauce boss one day right
1: (laughs) definitely not no I mean like growing up I did, I'm a second generation entrepreneur. So my dad had a business. So I kind of always had mm, a thought that I might do my own thing. Um, but nice. I really wanted to be an actor. So I went to theater school, I have my degree in theater studies. And then I went to an acting conservatory program. Wow. Um, and yeah, I wanted to, originally, I sort of wanted to double major in life, I used to say, like be an actor, and then have some sort of business. And I've always been really drawn to food. i um, been vegan myself for 19 years now i think so i grew up um vegan ish anyway um mm-hmm. before that so i was i grew up in the kitchen with my mom this is like this is like the origin story of nona vegan the company mm-hmm. um so she was from italy like she came over when she was 7 um mm-hmm. but she was vegan back in like the 70s making cashew cheese sauce before anyone knew that that was a thing like she was I swear like one of the first so I grew up with this amazing cashew Alfredo sauce that we used to make. Um and I was finishing my final year of, of uh acting school and my mom passed away pretty suddenly. Uh lung cancer. You like, hear that. Yeah, it was it was it was fast and yeah. uh you know obviously spun my life out into a totally different direction. Um and I really wanted to do something I was feeling like I was cooking a lot to feel close with her. That's what we did together. That's you know, we were super close. Um and I was also working uh, as a brand ambassador and at a health food store and at a vegan restaurant. And I was just kind of like cooking a lot and noticing this gap in the market and sort of wanted to do something to honor my mom's legacy. And uh, and that's really how Nona Nona Vegan was born. I started with one sauce, one flavor, her Alfredo. That's still, you know, our number one seller today is my mama's Alfredo. And And, you know, since then we've gone across Canada, launched in the States, have new flavors. Like it's just taken on a whole life of on its own now, but that's the, uh, that's the, the heart filled origin story.
0: Awesome. That's always nice when there's a story like that. And what year did you guys start?
1: 2013.
0: 2013. So you've been around a while. So what do you think has been, you know, what's been some of your biggest challenges up to date?
1: Uh, that's so yeah, it's we, been... could, we
0: could do a seven hour podcast on that. If I ask an entrepreneur that question, trust me, I understand it. we could say, we could say what you could say, well, I can tell you my last in the last hour, there's about 30 of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's Great. it's been a decade of learning, I'll say, um, you know, lots of challenges, lots of things to overcome. Um, you know, the main one, I think, for me is I, I didn't. You know i got into this because of the love of food and and wanting to spread love through food you know and like yeah. really for the reason of of feeding people good food and and bringing everyone to the table and like you know no matter what your dietary restrictions are i hope you can eat one of my sauces and enjoy it with your family or friends or yourself whatever for babies plant babies whoever yeah. um so that's really like the intention right so um i wasn't thinking oh i need to pre-raise 1.4 million and then i have to scale a 400% year over year growth and and go to my next series a series b like i wasn't thinking in that business sense right. um so our biggest challenge honestly has just been like uh, you know getting stable production keeping our cash flow positive like getting um like so some yeah. of those are basic business things um yeah. that i did learn really quickly you know I don't have experience in this or training in this. I need to hire out for that now, you know, 10 years in, I feel like I pretty much have an MBA. So not yeah. that I can do it all well, yeah, but, but I can, I kind of have a bit more of a sense for it all. So um, yeah, I think a lot of the, the mistakes have just been around or the challenges have just been around uh, not, not, you know, not knowing that it's an expensive industry, you know, costs a lot. There's a lot of, Pay to play situations um, in the industry, unfortunately, and just working through that as a small bootstrappy, uh, you know, sort of in startup mode for for many years. Business right. has been, yeah, the source of most of the challenges, I'd say.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that completely makes you know completely makes sense. And then, so do you? Uh, you know, when you started, obviously, you just said it was all boot all bootstrapped type of mm-hmm. stuff, right? And then, did you go into uh, your first raise after that, and 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 so tell us a little bit about that, and then the, then let's piggyback on uh, just getting picked up in the 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 Veggie com- Economist right now. So,
1: yeah, yeah, so definitely a few years in, I noticed. Okay, so I got a, f- a couple business loans and some grants. Futurepreneur was an awesome resource for me when I started. BDC was great. You know, there were a few things that I was starting to say. Okay, I need I need some funding, and then I did my first sort of friends and family round, yeah. um, back in 2015, 2016, just really small round, um, right. that, you know, was enough to carry us for another couple of years. And then it so was me, really let about, me, let me ask you a yeah.
0: question on that. Yeah, Did you really have to convince them? Was it like, yeah. you know, where you're like, come on, man, this is going to work. And they're like, I don't know. I mean, you know, because you were new, you were a new entrepreneur. So was it a, was it a tough one? Was, did you had to really convince people or were no. they like, here's my money, go do it
1: it was a little uh, surprisingly easier than it has been this last time um okay, probably for a couple of factors but uh but yeah when i say friends and family i mean that as like the series type. like they weren't my actual friends and family yeah. i mean they became you know yeah. Yeah. closer acquaintances but um no the 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 three, four people I had in at that time were were so on board with the vision. They were completely aligned with the mission and values. Um, they believed in me. They they saw the product market fit. They were like on board. Um, you know, obviously I had to produce all the appropriate yeah. documentation yeah, yeah, that yeah, validated yeah. everything. I'm not just yeah. like... Here I am, um, but you know that was that was shortly after we launched into Whole Foods, and so we had a lot of really good proven market traction at that time. Yeah,
0: interesting. Okay. And good. And so, yeah.
1: yeah, it didn't. It it wasn't as much like, come yeah. on. Um, you know, and we had a good valuation. We weren't raising a ton, so it was yeah. it was relatively easy, which um, is weird to say about a fundraise because I've learned it's not always. Hundred uh, percent. That easy. That so easy. Totally. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. So then, fast forward to today, we are we just launched, and this is what you just mentioned, the Veg Economist um article. We just launched a front funder campaign, which is like crowdsource equity funding for anyone who doesn't know, um, like yeah. you know, like a GoFundMe or Kickstarter, but for equity. um yeah. And so it's you know about a year. We've we we brought on a couple uh, additional investors. Um, But we're, to my point earlier of, you know, we've been around for 10 years and I haven't done that 400% growth. Like, I don't have that sort of like hockey stick kind of like tech company scale story. That's been slow and steady, learning my lessons, you know, making mistakes on my own dime, like year after year. And, you know, we're kind of ready to to do a scale up. And so I think that story... Uh, works better in a in a crowdfunding campaign sort of realm um, for the size that we are right now and we also you know we've always just like our, I call them my, my nona familia like you know our fans and our followers and people who support the business we've had just such an incredible community behind us this whole whole time and so doing a crowd source funding round just like Makes sense. It just feels like a good fit for our community and to have like, you know, various stakeholders and people and brand ambassadors, you know, um, and just have that, you know, instead of going to a couple investors for a lot of money, we're going to a lot of people for a little bit of money. And I just think, uh, yeah, so that's what we're doing right now.
0: Right, that's that's cool. So make sure you tell everybody where they can find that at the end, or you can drop it right now, or whenever you want. But I like the I like the fact you're going up that route right now. I I think it's kind of like you know it's not new, but it's kind of new because people are mm-hmm. starting to find out about more about understanding they can get a bit of equity in it too. And I also mm-hmm. think it's a good way to go in the market, just where the market is at right now, as as fundraising. To be honest, too. Yep, a
1: hundred percent. Yeah, it's a it's a not a great time to be uh, fundraising, apparently, because I mean, it's a tricky time all around um, in in the market right now. And so a lot of investors, you know, they, they, they liked me, they liked the company, they liked our mission. um, But they're like, well, we're just kind of tied up with our portfolio companies right now, like people who we've already given money to need a little bit of help and support. And so we're not really going anywhere new with uh, new companies at this time. So yeah. What do you say to that? I mean, yeah. fair enough. you got you to support the people you've already supported. Uh, like that makes sense. So yeah. So it's a bit of a weird time um, for sort of that traditional um, investment. route.
0: I guess. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard, like heard that in the market. I heard too from some of my friends at the bigger companies that it's uh, a lot. Of, there's a lot of investors that had just thrown their money around at the start when it was hot. Mm. And now a lot are trying to recoup their money, but they made the wrong play on some of them because they were just trying to get in. You know, there was a time, remember the six six years ago, seven years ago. I mean, you could have been like, hey, this bookshelf's vegan and you got a million dollars for it. You know what I mean? Right. And here's how it's gonna work, right?
1: Yeah. That,
0: you know, it was like people are throwing money around like that, right? If you had the word vegan in anything, right? Yeah. But so I, I've heard through the grapevine now that some of them are, you know, just made the wrong place
1: and didn't mm. do enough
0: diligence. So now they're trying to figure out how to recoup the money on that, which is taking them out of the game to try and look at other places right now. And should they even invest more or pull right out that type of stuff? So I'm hearing quite a bit of that, actually, too, in the industry.
1: Well, yeah. OK, that's good to know. I mean, I've, I've heard similar things. You know, people got a bit burned by certain things. And now they're cautious of, you know, whatever it is, CPG, food vegan you know anything um so yeah I've heard that I've heard similar stories which again what do you say it's like yeah I, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean I'm I'm different but, it, but like yeah, yeah. I <laughs>
0: it's mean just it, it's just like anything you've got to just keep going I mean and and find that either the go the route you're going or just keep going through enough people to find that person that it hits at the right time guess it's like sales and anything you know any it's like somebody's gonna buy your stuff if it's good it's just a matter of getting to them
1: yeah 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 exactly exactly
0: so (laughs) uh, so you know so you've been in eight years now tell us a little bit about the business like uh are you you guys are in you you guys are in whole foods right and you're in lots Mm -hmm. of different stores obviously right
1: yeah. Yeah. So we launched, um, so we started here, I'm in Toronto right now, grew up yeah. in Barrie, but moved to Toronto to start the business. And we, we really focused on Ontario for the first four or five years of the business. Um, then we started out West with vegan supply. So I know, uh, you know, you know, Jason, um, we started with vegan supply. They were our first out West, account. Uh, um, and then we like really officially expanded to the West coast, um, 2020, just, just before COVID, uh, I moved out West for a while to kind of start up operations there. Um, We got into Whole Foods out West, Choices, um, you know, those sort of urban fair, IGA, all of those amazing stores that y'all have out West. Um, And now we are sold nationally across Canada. And we just launched into the US in looking at my calendar next to me as if it's going to tell me um may i think was our first shipment so we did socal um so we're in air and socal and we moved to texas central market and you know a lot of awesome co-ops there in texas and now we're kind of filling in southern states rouse's market and the midwest like chicago um pete's market like a lot of a lot of really cool stuff is actually happening in the midwest right now for us so yeah, we're doing like a sort of regional, you know, the US is such a massive market. We just, yeah. we didn't have that, like, you know, to to the point that I was saying, we didn't have, you know, $2 million to enter the US market nationally. So we've just been going really slowly, trial tests, you know, going deep in, in specific right. geographic regions and markets, and then and then repeating that process and, you know, mo- yeah. expanding from there.
0: That's exciting, that's exciting. So, so and you're all B2B, right?
1: We are, yeah, because it's refrigerated. I didn't want to make it shelf-stable because it would have had a very um, acidic sort of flavor profile, and I would have had to add a bunch of preservatives, and so it's refrigerated. Um, So that makes that B2C piece a little bit tricky. So, you know, I let folks like GTFO, It's Vegan, or Vegan Supply, or Good Rebel, you know, all of those amazing online retailers, I let them deal with the (laughs) the refrigerated logistics to get it, you know, B2C for now
0: right that's amazing are you in plan x yet
1: yeah 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 sorry i forgot to mention them
0: yeah
1: oh yeah i i was just at their um at their actual physical location in in chicago a few weeks back i actually have a a reel ready to go on my instagram about my visit there
0: oh that's so that's so that's so cool oh it's awesome i was just hiking with sean about oh really so yeah yeah yeah
1: that's so cool i love that
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, we were actually uh, just te- just texting to get to get together again because he's back in town right away and I'm in town. So
1: Oh nice. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They're doing a lot, a lot out there. So I'm glad you fit- uh, visited that store. They're really uh they're really moving stuff.
1: Uh, oh that- yeah.
0: Really moving.
1: Yeah, it looked really uh it was cool. They have a whole other section that I guess they're building out as I forget what the guy I was I was, you know, obviously inquiring, like, what's that gonna be? What's going there? Like, yeah. you know, so it was just cool to see that that expansion i think what they're doing is is really I cool i think there's
0: going to be 14 vegan stores around it now too in that expansion
1: i didn't know that that's yeah. super cool i don't know
0: if i should have said that i'm not even <laughs> know I was supposed to say that but anyway <laughs> but anyways
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm gonna text you and be like um, i'll text i be like are, am i supposed to say that that what? was happening but anyways um Funny. so yeah oh that's amazing so how many people do you have uh how, how about your team what do you yeah. have for, for team and who does what and how do you manage that and where are you looking to go with that? Uh, you know, eventually, I guess.
1: So team is a huge thing we're raising money for right now. Um, because we need like, I, I like to think I could do it all, but I definitely can't. I need I need, need people. Um and some people. So yes. so yeah, there's you know, um, we subcontract like you know, social media help and admin help, bookkeeping, yeah. and all of that stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Emily on the US side, she's kind of like the US me i call her the u.s sauce boss um and and then everything else is at this point pretty much you know we have a co-manufacturing plant um so we subcontract our manufacturing um and so that's great because that just happens and it's scalable and they're they're good um and then we have our distribution partners so we're with you know and khee in the u.s those are like two big natural ones and then unify and john Luca here in canada and you know so and then all the logistics coordination is basically done by myself or or emily right um and that's it right now we out, oh we do have um an awesome sales broker here in canada brand seed marketing and so he uh jim and his team you know they're out on there are sort of feet on the street sales wise in right. canada um yeah. so that's 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 a team we definitely want some like in we want to bring some in-house like marketing and sales um logistics sort of things um you know in-house in the next
0: amazing though you've done a lot you know without a lot of you know with not a very big team so far so that's pretty you know you've done a lot pretty good I I I know how much work you've, you've had to do
1: thank you yeah it's been uh I mean, it'll be nice. It'll be really nice to be able to delegate, you know. Once we grow our team a little, um, yeah, just get some I mean, of that.
0: Delegated. I'm a, I'm a firm believer that a, a business, whether whatever product somebody has or service somebody has, I believe a business in the end only grows in two two ways: team and community. And if a CEO can get how to do those two right, you're mm-hmm. untouchable because that's not a commodity. Nobody can copy that, right? Like every mm-hmm. I. You know, everyone says they have different products nowadays and everyone does. But because of the internet, everything has become a lot more commoditized because of it's online. Fun. And okay. so in the end, you have how are you going to run the business? How are you going to build teams? How are you going to build community? And if you can build those two, I really believe that you can really scale a business. And it's something I see small business owners don't focus on near enough to be on, like yeah. near enough. But like, it, yeah. you know, and I, I think maybe it's just from I've been doing this for so long and uh, and you know business was like my always my passion you know I was asking for entrepreneur magazine when I was 16 years old you know <laughs> 15 years old right and so yeah. I was like I better know something by now right, <laughs> <After> that, right? <laughs> I um, love that. but but it was like you know mine was always the passion of just just business you know not like one sauce or a product like it was just yeah. you know just like business I think I just tweeted out today like I I love to, actually, I tweeted out a picture of me and Sean, and I said, okay. I just, I go, I absolutely love to work. <laughs> and <it was> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go follow you on Twitter. Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: connect, connect.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, you're right. Definitely. I, I totally see that. And I think, you know, throughout the years, I've, I've had some, you know, awesome people on my team, but, you know, they're, they want to, actors so they're off doing their own thing now you know what i mean I, I and i finally i found a really great partner in emily and and she's just uh, fantastic and so yeah building out from there is going to be is going to be fun and definitely a goal of the next of the next chunk of time for us yeah,
0: that's amazing i'm happy you're focused on that now because i believe that that's what's going to you know get you to the next the next level and and it's just something i think that in competitive markets I think it's where you can start to out-compete you know out-compete people you know it's interesting because I always like it's I always find it interesting like a lot of times small business owners and you this is not you and you get this already but so many of them don't realize that running a business is a skill set like a high level skill set right so some people just open a business and they think like people are gonna buy my wine and buy my sauces and right but it's a high level skill set like you have to know a lot of things as a CEO
1: yeah it's so true and I definitely did not know that in the beginning um I didn't <laughs> I was like man I see my actor friends you know having their day jobs at Starbucks I'm like this is gonna be my day job whatever like, <laughs> right like, I think about three months and I was like Oh, okay, this is a different life choice, but I am <laughs> loving it. Okay. Right. So slowly gleaning information throughout the years from, yeah. from um, you know, colleagues and books and uh and just slowly picking up all those skills and being like, wow, I am a generalist in a lot of a lot of business matters <laughs> and affairs right now. Um it totally no, you're totally right. People don't don't realize, you know, just all the random little skill sets you have to possess and kind of perfect and
0: yeah yeah, and uh, and and it's like and and not you know i always say once you have the business and you have a decent product or service then it is literally just figuring out how you can be the best ceo ever like really that's really what it is yeah. Right. And then, and that's when your products move or your services move because you're the best <laughs> CEO. Right.
1: Like, it's you know, true. Yeah. It really
0: no, is. Totally true. <laughs> so so I, I sure make it sound easier than than, than, it, than it is. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll, so I'll just focus on being problem. the best CEO. Be the best
0: drink. CEO in the world. Right. No problem. Yeah. It just builds. No problem. Right. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> So, so like where that. do you, where do you see yourself? Like, what's your goals? You know, where do you see the business in five years? You know, where, where do
1: you want it to be? So definitely uh, we have so much exciting innovation in the pipeline as far as our product offering. So right now we've got our five sauces and Alfredo cheesy carbonara Bolognese and Rosé. And we've got one more sauce coming out uh, likely next spring that I'm really excited for. And then, you know, every, I just think that there's such a gap in still surprisingly with all the innovation in the, the vegan food world i don't there's still a lot of italian products um that haven't been veganized in, in really vegan interesting
0: so you think there's white yeah. right space there still
1: i do yeah and yeah, vegan. so like our brand promise is vegan and gluten-free um and i just I totally see it. I've got so much, uh, too much, and I'm. I have to slow myself down, and my team has to be like, "Whoa, Kaylee, not, not yeah. yet. You don't have, you can't do everything at once." Um, but yeah, definitely innovation in in Italian vegan gluten free. Um, that's where we're headed. You know, like uh, Siete Foods in the U.S. are kind of like everything um, Mexican American vegan grain free. I right. th- I'm probably messing up their brand promise, but they're a great case study for, as, of a brand who, you know, crosses different aisles of the grocery store um, successfully. And, you know, this pairs with this and it just, like, I really want that um, for Nona Vegan. And right. definitely, you know, across North America, I want to start exploring some expert opportunities outside of that. Um, it's going to depend, you know, really the next few years as we start fundraising and really, like, trying to accelerate growth you know because we've worked out a lot of the kinks in the last decade um you know it's kind of just going to be like how fast can we go and where do we want to go so definitely expanding the product line expanding our geographic reach um and growing our team and our, and our community honestly that is that's so important to me
0: yeah that's 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 awesome you're good on can- like you're very well spoken and you you, you know you represent the brand well and you're good on video so I mean I think you should really be out doing a lot of podcasting and and you know I, I mean you should do your own podcast 100% because I think you would start to build brand a lot faster uh, mm, that's
1: a great idea 100,
0: honestly 100%, 100% yeah you just have to period that's it done
1: done okay I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna gonna send you a message every day on on social so can everybody can see hey have you started that podcast yet (laughs)
1: this
0: guy's freaking gonna embarrass me you started that yet oh okay I got it right (laughs) oh
1: I love that no honestly that is uh that's something I've always considered I love talking to people relationship building is definitely you know one of my skills and I I just I have so many amazing connections I've made in the industry I I would absolutely love to have a podcast so Thank you for the encouragement.
0: Yeah, you're you're welcome. Because I can just see, you know, the more you're you're you know you're in that space and 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 like you're good in on video and video is over indexing right now on every social yeah. platform. So it also gives you all the short form content to chop up. And so now you have YouTube Shorts. Now you have Reels. Now you have stuff. Now you start to position. Then you investors start to trust you more. Equity people trust you more. You're out there speaking more. You know, just different things. Like, yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where it just is almost should be a must because it, it maps back to everything in your business, you know? And, and so it's not just, just the one dimensional of a horizontal thinking like a small business owner It maps or, or linear It maps. So horizontal and touches wow. so many different things. It really does. That's
1: thank you. That's really good encouragement. You're totally bang on. Right. And I think, you know, I also love doing speaking engagements and I, I keep, getting them and it's great i'm like i did like three speaking engagements in the last great. few weeks and it's just it's really fun for me and it, it helps you know uh, grow my network and so tying podcasting into that really well i don't need to be on your podcast anymore goodbye yeah,
0: yeah, totally exactly right i'm done i'm okay. going to start mine now
1: yeah you want to be my first guest totally.
0: okay. done. let's do it
1: thank you for that
0: yeah no problem awesome So what do you, um, you know, in in your type of business, let's say, uh, and your type of of product, do you guys, is is the hardest, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is one of the hardest things is to get people to like actually try it because they can't taste it and do they need to always taste it before they buy it? (laughs)
1: i mean (laughs) it's interesting i think and it's it's a different answer today than it was when i started 10 years ago so 10 years ago was a very different world for plant-based food it was you know i would i would set up my little demo station in the store sampling in the stores and you know if i if i led with hey do you want to try some vegan sauce i would get maybe six out of ten folks would be like vegan gluten-free not for me and they'd run (laughs) away and I'm like "Mm, hey you know and then I would lead with hey do you want to try some sauce and get people to try it love it and then tell them you know what it was made out of although it's cashew based so that did get a little tricky sometimes but um yeah I think like the trying trying it the sampling in-store sampling was always our number one marketing uh tactic before COVID and then it just that disappeared i mean the thing about in-store sampling is it's not totally scalable as one person you know because i love to do my own demos clearly i love to talk about my brand so um you know i can't be everywhere sampling all the time um and hiring demo teams is can get pricey and so yeah i think that the try to buy helps for the flexitarian or the person who's you know just kind of gets the tummy ache when they eat alfredo so they maybe want to try it um but as far as buying it off shelf i think the alfredo does really well i think it's pretty self-explanatory it's dairy-free alfredo people kind of can grasp that carbonara is a little bit trickier because not everybody knows what carbonara is and then imagining a vegan version of carbonara you know without the eggs cheese bacon all the things is a little bit more of a leap but when people try it that's the first one to go
0: because you're so, right. When I think about myself, I fall right into that category.
1: Yeah. What
0: you said is right. Uh, you know, when I look, I'm looking. Okay, it's vegan. It's this and that. So it's an easy buy for me. All right. You know, I don't need to yeah. taste it. But uh, the carbonara, I'm not as familiar with. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but I would probably, for me, try it anyways. But yeah. But I'm still, I would gravitate to the other one first because I don't yeah. really like I. I'd probably be in the store. It'd be me in the store, googling like, "What is it? What do I make with this?" Like that. Yeah, would be
1: <laughs> totally, exactly. And I think that that's a that's um like a customer education thing on our side that we have to work on and make sure that people know what it is and what to do with it. Um. I did just do uh we launched two new flavors this year rose and bolognese and i did partnership with beyond meat on the bolognese so that i could have their logo on it yeah in order to get people who were maybe veg curious um who have seen that at a or whatever you know they've seen yeah. it in uh, people enjoying that and so um, I thought that would be a good entry point for, for those folks. So I did that partnership strategically. Also, it tastes really good in the sauce. It's like, it's a very good um, marriage of my mom's tomato sauce with, with a bit of a meaty aspect. Right. Um, so that I think helps with that initial purchase and, and building that sort of brand trust with, with new customers.
0: I like that. That's uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's smart. You got. I mean, you know when you're when you're ready you guys should do you know because you do have uh you know with the sauces and stuff I mean you know somewhat of a cooking show but you know just kind of around that because the sauces you can show how to make because I was just thinking myself in so many different ways you could use your sauces so I mean that really maps back to good content uh because it's visual and it's and it's fun and it's people like food and they Mm-hmm. they'd like to see that so I think you have a big content play on that side with the sauces that you know because I was thinking if I seen that then I would be like oh I know what to you know I seen it on YouTube oh, I know what to make it with and then I would yeah. buy the sauce so I think it's you a, a good point yeah there.
1: totally yeah I used to really push like it's not just a pasta sauce look at me making creamy mashed potatoes yeah. with it and like yeah. Um, you know, and then I, I I think I swung the pendulum a little too far one year. I don't think I talked about pasta for like six months and people were like, sorry, what is this? Um, but now we've we try to have a good balance of like pasta, of course, and pizza, of course, but yeah. like like it's so versatile. Um, so yeah, I, I used to have a like do a lot more sort of videos of me just making random things with it. And that's a good encouragement because that was really fun for me. And I think it actually inspired a lot of people to like you know, yeah, maybe they have pasta night and they eat half of this and they've got the other half in their fridge and they're like, what do I do? And, and yeah. you know, if we've got little fun uh, content clips and ideas like that could be a really good inspiration for folks. So 100%. Like
0: and you, yeah. And then you just get strategic and map, map it back to community and you build out your community model and then make sure yeah. you're building community back to your business objective and maps back to that. So I think too many people work in silos. So they don't think like they don't think like that sometimes where we're always thinking if we're building our, say, compassion kingdom where we do good, it's always mapping back to bring them into our community maps back to how we're running the community map backs mm-hmm. to how we're taking them through. It, you know, it's a whole, if you looked at our community building, you it's like a whole system, like it's, yeah. all, any, but anybody could walk, you could walk in right now, take our, our system on community and actually know how to run it and build it. Hmm. Run it and build it.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. So, um, so it's always, you know, there's always a purpose. To the madness. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, right? <laughs> I <laughs>
1: love that. This is like a business coaching session. Yeah. Said, Thank you. <laughs> what else? <laughs> yeah, totally
0: right. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm like, okay. There's a good clip for me. You already got your stuff. <laughs> I need some clips, right? <laughs> um,
1: You've got it.
0: Totally, totally. So that's cool. Awesome. So, um, last question what you know i could talk to you forever cuz it's a good conversation you you good you're good value too it's just you've been through so much what do you think is uh the number one or two of the two skill sets you think an entrepreneur must have to make it in business cuz you you've had a journey and you got in not understanding business and a lot of times people just get out because they realize man this is like way too hard and complex
1: yeah I I definitely, the first thing that came to mind was resilience. And I mean, I'm nothing if not resilient <laughs> 10 years into this thing and uh, so many, so many failures and challenges along the way. Um, I definitely think resilience, just that ability to, you know, like there could be like at any given time, you know, there's at least... 170 things on my to-do list you know and just being able to be like okay one foot in front of the other like that's my favorite sort of thing to to myself talk just it's a little like what can you, you just have to keep taking the steps forward even when it just seems so extremely overwhelming um, and just keep going I mean that's the that's what I did not that I'm some huge success story or anything but it's been 10 years of business and to me that's that's an achievement. I feel proud of that. Um, and I think resilience is definitely a key skill set because like you say, if not, it's just like, I would have, I would have given up 30 times by now, you know, like not yeah. given up. I mean, some people choose into different paths and that's what's right for them. But, um, but yeah, I could have, I could have stopped so many times, but uh, so resilience. And then I think next I'd go with vulnerability um as a skill set because you know for me early on you know my my story my business story is very personal and I it was a choice to actually share that you know in in my yeah. in my marketing because it felt a little I was like am I talking about my mom am I not is it just the product and is is it me am I conflating the two well you know it can be a lot um for entrepreneurs and business owners and and, you know and I think there is an expectation of like who's the person behind the business these days you know especially for a smaller local brand and so just being able to be vulnerable and uh, you know share your values and be really I won't say transparent because you have to choose and you can't be too much of an open book all the time I've learned because not everybody deserves that much of you. And it's not always appropriate. Um But leading with that vulnerability, <laughs> leading with that vulnerability and, and being open to um, just be brave with with your who you are and, and what you're doing, I think is is super key was for me has been
0: right. I love I love I love those. And I, th- I agree. I think they're just, you know, they're so important. And I think that You know, even moving into this kind of uh, era of business, I think this era of business is so much now about emotional intelligence through a company from top Mm -hmm. to bottom, including, you know, how you treat people, work with people. Like there, it's an an emotional intelligence era now where if you look back even, you know, 15 years ago you know, or you look back to, you know, the, I always say like the Henry Ford and Jack Welsh's and days and that type of stuff. It it was nothing about that. It was like, you, you hit your numbers, Mm -hmm. you do it, or, you know, you're going to be done, you know, in in a hardcore way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a different, it's a different world now. And, and I'm glad for that personally, you know, like, I think that there's, (laughs) A lot more humanity in there that uh yeah, you know it's not here. just it's not and especially for for us like i want to you know one of my business goals has always been to be an excellent employer and you yeah. know when once we have that big team i want to be you know a really really awesome boss and co-worker yeah. and you know and and just really make sure that our our brand values or company values are incorporated into our company culture in a way that's just really I don't know meaningful it makes people feel good and like they want to work because I mean, yeah. wouldn't you want that over hitting numbers and having everyone be super stressed out and unhappy and yeah, yeah. that's not not interested in that <laughs>
0: yeah it's so I mean t- to end on on what you just said when you talked about you know hitting your core values and stuff and that's the other area in business that mm-hmm. most people don't talk too much about but in the end when you get those right it's actually what builds the business in the end and knowing how to drive that and you know even for us you know I create our core values around our behavior then I create metrics around that to map to the behavior to hit the core values Mm, so we're always driving and including myself so it keeps me on track of like okay we can't partner with them I'm not making that decision here it makes no like it really makes my decision making easy
1: Exactly. That's yeah. what I say. I'm like, when I have my core values, it like I, and there have been times when people have questioned a decision I've made around, you know, to partner with someone, to participate in an event, whatever. And it's like, well, it just doesn't align. I can't yeah. say yes to everything. So yes. if I have this, it just makes it easy, Older.
0: easier. Under, 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 100%. 100%. Uh, one thing I'm going to leave it with this because I think the viewers will like this story, or they won't like it, but it's an interesting story <laughs> I remember, it's, it's not a humanity story. But I don't know if you knew this, but Henry Ford used to walk hit the mob through his factories to intimidate employees to work harder. So really? yeah, so he would like not they wouldn't say anything but they all knew it was like the high level mob and he would walk the mob through the factories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The air business has changed a lot.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is really (laughs) intense. I'm like, When I go to the the factory where we produce the sauce, I literally make it my goal to like tap dance and sing as much as possible. I like I probably drive them bananas in a different way, but it's not (laughs) a threatening mob. It's like we're making sauce. They're like, oh, the sauce lady's back today. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome.
1: That's wow. That's an intense story. Yeah,
0: that's- <laughs> so yeah you're the tap dancing mob and he's the the, the i don't know the, the, the real mob the italian mob or <laughs> yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah. the awesome. happy
0: mob Totally, oh, yeah the happy mob that's a better way to yeah. it. so where can they all uh, find you at uh website social media all that type of stuff
1: yeah so everything we're at nona vegan there's just oops one n if you're italian you know it should have two n-o-n-n-a's but um you know, I just wanted to be, I don't know, hip and trademarkable. So nonavegan.com. And all of our socials are at nonavegan. And our front funder page is it's linked on our website under the invest tab, or it's just frontfunder.com slash nonavegan.
0: Awesome. And they can get your products and they can see on your website, a lot of the locations to get the products.
1: Yeah, you can enter your Oops, sorry, you cut out there for a second. Correct, yeah. So you can enter your postal code or zip code because now we're in the States um, yeah. and kind of see who's around you. And then also have links to all of those wonderful online retailers I mentioned in case there's no one close by. Um, and yeah, it always, if there's any places that you want to see us and we're not, you can always shoot me a line or tell your local retailer because that helps us out a lot as well. Um, but yeah, we're we're hopefully coming to a refrigerator shelf near you soon.
0: Awesome. Well, cool. Everybody, go check them out. I know I haven't tried their product yet, so I'm excited to go go try it and cook with yeah. it, and do some stuff with it. So, yeah. So, well, thank you so much for this great interview.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was fun.
0: Awesome. So fun. All right, everybody, take care. Till next time. Bye bye.